Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. For your perfect workspace, living space or hideaway, timberliving.ie. Thanks, Kate. Uh, and Professor of Immunology in DCU, Christine Losher, good afternoon. Morning, how are you? Oh, afternoon. Of yeah, afternoon. After 12, yeah. She's I'm worried about you know because you're here to give us top <laughs> top ten tips on how to live to hundred. No, no, what time uh, of the day it is? Number one. Yes. Uh, and you have great academic qualifications in this field, but you also have the genetic qualifications too. How old did your granny live to? Oh yeah, so Frida Hunt. So she was hundred and one when she when she passed away a few years ago. Um, so she clearly had really good genes, but the other thing she had was a really good lifestyle. And when I mean good lifestyle, I mean that she was her nutrition was excellent. So she was old school. So she was meat and two veg. She was no processed foods. She was grow your own tomatoes and your vegetables in your back garden. And she ate really, really well and was very, very active and very engaged. So those are huge, um, huge influences on how long you live. She's what we would now call a health not like, but that was just the way people lived. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But the genes are a big part of it, are they? Genes are huge. And um, there's no getting away from the fact that we every every single year, we now know that there's more and more gene mutations that will make you very susceptible to getting particular types of chronic diseases, for example. So we know there's a whole host of um, what we call polymorphisms or mutations in your gene that make you more likely or higher risk for developing diabetes or developing inflammatory diseases, Crohn's diseases. So a whole host of diseases. But genes is only one factor. So really interesting kind of fact is that um, in Japan, they have a really high incidence of a gene that is mutated that gives them a high risk for rheumatoid arthritis. But actually their incidence of rheumatoid arthritis is really, really low. And that's because their nutrition is really and their lifestyle is really, really good. So even though you might have a genetic predisposition to being able to have uh, develop a particular disease, it doesn't mean that you will. And actually, there's lots of things that you can do to try and minimise the risk of that actually happening. Okay, so genes not our destiny. Not your destiny, but hugely important. But lots of other things can influence that. Okay, so uh, let's go then with top 10 tips for living to 100 or or as far as you want to go. Not everyone wants to go to 100 in my (laughs) experience. Okay, so uh, first one, keep moving. And you're saying build it into your day and your life. Keep moving. The most important one. In fact, mobility is probably one of the best indicators of the length and quality of your life. So keep moving is really important. We saw during COVID uh, lockdowns, lots of older people stopped moving and they were cocooned in their homes and actually lost a huge amount of their mobility, which actually really impacted on their health. So keep moving is really important. Um, And I don't mean go to the gym and start doing uh, like something that's not sustainable. It is small things in everyday life. It is back to how active are you? How many steps are you doing? Um, While 10,000 is great, if you're not very active, aim for three or 4,000 as a starting point. But it's go for a walk at lunchtime. It's get off the stop a bit earlier. It's bring the kids for a walk. It's get a dog and bring the dog for a walk. It's small stuff. It's not gym bunnies. It's not get out there and do lots of things. All the little bits help. All the little bits. Would you wear a Fitbit? A lot of lot of Fitbits are really important. Yeah, don't have it. Don't have it on today. Broke it, but I hear I'm getting one for Christmas, which is great. Um, uh, Broke it on holidays, but Fitbits. I live by Fitbit because at the end of the day, if your Fitbit says you've only three thousand steps. You need it'll to go you to and you, it'll egg you on. So, okay. but it's a really good indicator of your activity. It'll give you an indication of your heart rate, how fit you are. 
um, wearable technology in terms of giving you some information about your health is a really clever way of doing things. Okay, okay. So keep moving central. Uh, Number two you have here, all things in moderation. Yeah, all things in moderation. So I think if you're going to try and improve your health and your quality of life and your length of life. You can't do a, oh, you can never do this. You can never have sugar. You can never have bad fats. Mm, mm. You can never have alcohol. You can never have all the stuff that we say is really bad for you. It's about you can have it, but you can't have it all of the time. So processed foods is a huge, a huge one that you shouldn't have every day. They should be things that you do for convenience sake, once in a blue moon, fast food, the same thing. It's not a you can't have anything. It is have things in moderation. Be realistic. Okay. Okay. Now, eat the right kind of fat. Really important. Everybody says fat's bad. So, um, the fat's a really interesting one because actually you can map um, a huge rise in the incidence of chronic disease across the world to change in fats in our diet. So the big, huge one was in the 1940s during the war, everybody started eating trans fats, uh, which are now banned by the FDA. And those trans fats were to kind of, um, they were to replace a lot of fats that we didn't have access to. So nobody was allowed to have butter because actually they used butter to make glycerine to put into bombs. So actually everybody, particularly in America, ate trans fats. And it was a and really is that good corn oil and stuff. Is that it's one basically f- hydrogenated fat. But okay. the great thing about it is if you're a food manufacturer is it tastes good. It gives a lot of um, structure to food and actually lengthens the, li- the, the lifetime or the shelf life okay. of the food. So oh, it's a really you know great one. trans fats and something. What, what you'll see it on the ingredients. You'll extra, see it on right. the ingredients. Yeah. Okay. But actually the FDA have phased them out since 2015. But if you actually map the introduction of trans fats yeah. and the introduction of the low fat era, you will see see that as as we start to change in our fats, our incidence of chronic disease actually went through the roof. And approximately 50% of the population of the world has a chronic disease right now. So yeah. it's really, really important that so we... where do I want to be getting we my understand. fat? You want to be getting your fat from natural sources, not trans fats or not kind of like man-made fats. Um, you want to be getting them from fish. You want to be getting fish oils, omega-3s. If you look at populations that have a high intake of fish and look at their epidemiology, they have the lowest incidence of chronic disease in really? the world. Okay. So fats really matter. Okay. Uh, number four is back to, which you've mentioned already, but processed food. Processed food. It's a really food. bad one, yeah. The, the, the rule of thumb is the the less you eat out of a packet, the better. So the more that you eat that that food has been alive somewhere or growing somewhere quite recently, the better for you. Okay. Does gut health come in there? Gut health is is huge. And actually processed foods are really bad for the microbes that live in your gut. Whole foods are better. Whole fiber, whole vegetables. All of those things feed good bacteria. And as broad a spread as As you can of things. As broad as possible, absolutely. Okay. Uh, Sleep, we hear about all the time now, but sleep really does seem to be fundamental to everything, yeah? Sleep is fundamental. Like your your sleep really impacts on everything. Um, But one of the things that really helps sleep is exercise. So if you do some of the other things like good nutrition and good exercise, they will actually enhance your sleep and your sleep pattern. Okay. Okay. And you keep it regular with the sleep pattern. Keep it regular. Okay. Uh, Be sociable. Be sociable. Yeah. I mean, like the 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 use of your the use of your brain and interacting with other people like humans are not supposed to be um, uh, siloed individuals. We are supposed to be in, in groups. Um, and okay. and people, t- one of the biggest problems we had during lockdown was actually a lot of people lost social skills 
um, and interaction with people. They really suffered as a, as a result of it. Really good for your mental health. Um, but being sociable and social interaction and using your brain and communicating is really important to your overall health. And actually decline in mental health is a huge issue as you get older. Okay. Um, and, a, and a bigger one to deal with when you're older. So for older people in particular, in who particular, might tend to kind of start retreating into the home and stuff. Yeah. Important to keep pushing out there. Finding bit, yeah. somebody to go f- to meet for coffee, uh, being sociable with your family, going to bingo. Anything at all is, okay. is a really good thing to do. And then keeping the brain active uh, allied to that. But, it, you know, they say, oh, no, Sudoku and none of those things don't have any effects on, on brain health and Alzheimer's and all that. But. Is it good to be challenging Any, the brain? Anything yeah. that you can do. One, you'll see if um, you see a lot of uh, high performing individuals um, who retire, they have huge issues after they retire. They find life very difficult because they're used to using their brain all the time. So yeah. you find that retirement is a real age that you really have to focus on keeping active and keeping engaged because it's the one thing that you can go from having a very active and engaged life to having a very isolated life. Okay. Uh, maximize family time. Yeah. And I think a lot of this is around, particularly if you have children and if you don't have children, if you have nieces or nephews, because children are really good for you living in the moment. That's really good for your stress. Children are usually a bit more fun, like being around kids is yeah. not heavy going. Yeah. Uh, even though like there can be a handful, I know that. Um, but actually the fun factor is huge with kids and that's a real reliever of stress for adults. And stress is one of the hu- biggest impacts that you can have on your health and your length of life. You're so right about kids. Like, And we have to go with them, don't we? Like, You have oh, you to do. go with them in it. You, like, you can't be like, no, 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 we've no time yeah. for this and I have yeah. to do this and that. So, all right, so go with them. So that leads us to then learning how to de-stress. Is stress the big killer they say it is? Stress is a huge one. And when we think about stress, we always say stress and we immediately go to cardiovascular um, health and we immediately go to stress and heart attacks and and really kind of catastrophic, catastrophic things. But actually, stress is a huge driver of inflammation. And actually, cortisol levels in your body can actually really drive inflammation. And you kind of wonder, well, what's that got to do with anything to do with health? But actually... Having increased levels of inflammation, which we do naturally as we age, it's called immunosensience. So we have this inflammaging thing that happens, right? Okay. The more inflammation you have, the more risk you are of diabetes, cardiovascular disease, cancer and neurodegenerative disease. So inflammation is the precursor of pretty much every chronic disease that we know. So everything that I've mentioned, exercise, food and de-stressing, all of those things actually manage to dampen down your inflammation and lower your risk for all of them chronic diseases. So stress and cortisol is a really important one. OK, OK. Uh, now, people will have stressful situations or whatever that are episodic. I presume it's that ongoing kind it's, of. It's ongoing. So it's 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 being able to it's functioning, say, in work for if you have a very stressful job and you have a very stressful home life. It's the it's the constant on of everything okay. all of the time. It doesn't mean that you can't have a stressful day in work and you think, is this really impacting on my health? It is about the de-stress afterwards, because actually okay. cortisol, when you actually um, when you produce cortisol as a natural reaction to being stressed, it's actually to help you manage your blood pressure and help you manage your health while you're stressed. Um, so actually, it can be anti-inflammatory in spurts. So stress in spurts is actually OK. It's ongoing chronic stress in terms of maybe particular lifestyle or 
particular life situations that are actually worse for you. Okay, and again, that's down to the exercise, the hanging with the kids. Hanging uh, with the I, kids. I presume with some kind of meditation, mindfulness yeah, practice. And for like some mindfulness, people. I think people kind of feel like mindfulness and meditation is, you know, a thing that you set aside X amount of minutes per day and you yeah. try and do it. But actually, I think for me, it's just about uh, like when you're with the kids and you're doing a jigsaw. That's for me, that's mindfulness because yeah. I'm not thinking about anything okay. else. Yeah. I'm not thinking about what I have to do at work tomorrow. I'm not thinking about that big famous question that the kids are asking me what's for dinner. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, the, it's, just, it's just the doing of something that's just about that. It's going yeah. for a walk with my colleagues in DCU at lunchtime. That's my mindfulness. That's my de-stress. It's really important in terms of getting you through your day. So you're talking about absorption. Yeah. In, in, in complete yeah. absorption in yeah. something else. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, number 10 here is nurse your inner child and have yeah. fun. Yeah. And that goes back to the fun thing. Yeah. It goes back to getting out and jumping on a trampoline with a kid. It goes back to doing a jigsaw with the kid or anything. It just, you know, go to the playground. It And I know people try and find it hard to try and find time to do these things. But actually children... While we think about children sometimes as I have to do this and they get up in the middle of the night and they have to do this. Children are are the only people in our lives that can actually bring us back to when we don't have to think about anything else but what we're doing at the moment. And I yeah. think that fun factor and what we can get from kids in terms of managing the stress in our lives actually is huge. I think laughing as well with laughing, people yeah. that you really yeah. kind of know, know yeah. well and you can say any yeah. joke to or whatever yeah. is a great form of kind of transcending, isn't it? It like is, it's totally, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they didn't they didn't come up with that phrase, laughter is the best medicine. for Yeah, everything. it actually is, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's there's questions here now. I do not know if you will feel qualified to answer any of these. Which fish which fish is good for lunches? Salmon is farmed. Is tinned fish okay? I'd say if you're eating any fish, it's any probably fish better at than all. Not Actually, mackerel, fish, tinned mackerel. So um, my, my other and, half is, yeah. is is a tinned mackerel kind of person for his breakfast in the morning. And mackerel for actually breakfast, has yeah, yeah mackerel right. has. Uh, some of the highest levels of, of omega, the good fish oils. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. tinned mackerel is really good. Don't knock it. Okay, what if you're vegetarian and don't eat fish? If you're vegetarian, a huge amount of your fats you'll get from your legumes and your beans, you yeah. know, so um, there's there's other ways of getting those in. Plus, you can buy really good fish oil supplements, omega-3s um, over the counter. Would you take supplements, yeah? I would if I felt I needed them. I okay. actually think you can get a huge amount from your diet, but there are do you, there do, are supplements so that would are... Would you tell us what you take now? Because yeah, that's what so people want to know. Supplements are really important. Like for me as an immunologist, because I know that inflammation is going to get worse as I get older. Yeah. And inflammation is something that you can influence. You can influence with exercise, which is my daily walks. It's your food. It's my good nutrition. But actually in terms of supplements, what makes your immune system work better are things like vitamin D, uh, vitamin B, vitamin um, uh, C and zinc. Zinc is the gatekeeper of all of the good function of every single immune cell. Really? So and zinc is a really important one. Most of us need an extra one. little bit of zinc Most of no us arm, are deficient in zinc. About 30% okay. of us are deficient in zinc. 50% of us are deficient in vitamin D. Um, so lots of these vitamins are really important in actually um, uh, making new immune cells, but also having immune cells work at their optimal. Um, and you really need immune cells to work really well uh, to keep your immune system in, in good nick. So okay. not just about preventing infection and making you a little bit more, um, you know, immune, um, yeah. immu like stronger immune system in the winter, but actually 
dampening down that inflammation and making sure that you don't get a chronic disease. And with the with the uh, supplements like the vitamin C, it's not just going straight out the other end, no? No, I mean, if you take too much, then you can only absorb a certain amount. Okay. So absorption of these vitamins is really important. Um, so things like um, uh, vitamin C, um, having a glass of orange juice is good. But actually, sometimes if you if you are feeling immunosuppressed, if you're getting a lot of infections, the best thing to do is is get some blood work done by your doctor and have a have a checkup of your vitamin levels. And if you're deficient, then take them. But a lot of people are deficient in vitamins because they're not fortified in lots of the convenience foods that we eat. And a lot of us do turn to convenience foods because okay. we have really busy lives. So okay. it's it's just stopping and thinking about the couple of things that you can do that really will help your overall health. So there, you you were you were the head of the DCU Centre for Healthy Aging. Is that is that? Yeah, still we had or? we had a change project at some stage. Um, and while that project has evolved, we still have a huge amount of ongoing research into movement in older adults. Yeah. So huge. That's hugely important. And actually, the DCU gym runs an um, active aging uh, classes for older people in the right. community where they come in and they come into a gym and they normalize coming into a gym for classes for older people so that you start to look. And actually, I think every gym in the country needs to be running Absolutely. classes that are yeah. focused to people who are over 60 because it normalizes them coming into environments where they can have um, exercise classes with everybody else, as opposed to having to depend on walking. So, you know, it's great if you can get out and walk, but if the weather's not great yeah. and your mobility is an issue, then sometimes actually going to a gym um, can really support that. So um, that's something that I think that we could we could we could do much better. Um, but, you know, the 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 older the older um, the focus on older um, adults in terms of research is really important because lots of the things that happen as we get older, like inflammation, mm. like um, bone and muscle and all of those things we can influence. So you can influence your muscle health, which is really important as you age by doing strength and conditioning. So it doesn't have to be in the gym, pumping okay. iron. It can be very, very, you know, it can be Pilates. It can be small exercises at home. Okay. It can be lifting your cans of beans. It can be anything. But actually, lot, there's lots of areas of health that are really important in older adults and muscle health and bone health is hugely important. So a bit like a bit of resistance, which a lot of people bit of don't resistance do, training, is key. Yeah. Is and vitamin yeah. D is really important for, for, for bone health. OK. Um, all right. So what I want to do now is if if you give let's give every kind of generation one key takeaway. So say when teens, 20s, what should what would you say to them? Teens and 20s. So I have teens and 20s now yeah. in my house Um teens and 20s is habits. So yes. habits and lifestyle. So laying down good habits, big things that happen around that age is they stop doing their sport. They stop playing on their teams. Uh, they stop doing things that they do when they're even 16 and 17. They don't do them into the early 20s. And mm -hmm. um, so uh, stay active, manage the food. Don't go for the fast food stuff. It's really easy to do that. And the other major thing is around information, education around alcohol. Um, and okay. also the biggest problem I see for that age group at the moment is vaping. Yeah. We have no idea what's going to happen to those individuals yeah. in the next 10 or 20 and years. And I don't think anyone knows at an official level how much of it is going on. You you see it, no. do you? I, but, I, I but, have but, some but insight we, into we see, it as well. We like see like the numbers now, you see like for vaping, are it's, it's, the official numbers are way huge. off the reality Kids are of vaping it. now that have never smoked. And vaping now is all about flavours. Nobody yeah. mentions nicotine anymore. Nobody yeah. mentions all of these 
Like we have no idea what's going to happen, but the early research is showing that there's detrimental effects to vaping. Yeah, and I think there there's legislation coming to, there that, is, for to be able no, to, yeah. no under 18s yeah, and also absolutely. looking at the colours and the flavours and all yeah, that kind of thing, targeting yeah. it at them. Okay, 30s and 40s, what are we saying to them? Is it Very thing? much the same, maintaining um, habits, um, focusing on... Um, Focusing on maintaining habits. These are the these are the hard these are the hard decades. I think because you're building your career, yeah. you're busy, you're maybe starting to have children. You know, you're starting to be very distracted in life. You're starting to have a lot more in your life than you used to. So your time is not your own. Yeah. And actually, so I think that focusing on trying to maintain those habits, even though your life has changed, and maybe doing them differently, is what you need to focus on there. Fifties and sixties. Fifties is a big one for checking in on your cardiovascular health. Okay. Um, so that's a big one in terms of checking in with it. With so actually it. go to a cardiologist go, and get a one. Go to a doctor, yet. get your get your cholesterol checked. Step one. Very easy blood Just test. Like, yeah. If okay. you're a woman, hormonal health, supporting your hormonal health. And for both men, women and men, uh, bone, joint and muscle health are hugely important at this age because staying active and being mobile at this age will actually have a huge impact on how investment. mobile you are yeah. in your 70s and okay. 80s. So this is, this is time for insurance in it's, the future, basically. It is basically. time for lane. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's a lot you can do in that age that will really change the trajectory of, of you know, you can be okay, very, if yeah. you're very unhealthy up and until your mid 50s, it's not too late. Yeah. You can start to do things that will really start to lengthen your life. So it's not... It's not all or like, nothing. Give, give, you know. give one or two things there because a lot of people are going to hear that now and go, okay. Weight. Yeah. So a lot of people will get to their 50s and they'll they'll have weight. I think we need to stop thinking about weight in terms of what people look like and start understanding that weight means obesity and obesity is a chronic disease. And that's something that you can change by literally losing the weight and improving your health. And that will have massive impact on your predisposition for diabetes and your predisposition for cardiovascular disease. Okay. And then into the 70s, 80s, 90s? After that, it's all about moving, keep eating and keep social. All of those three things into your into your 70s, 80s, 90s and hopefully into your (laughs) <laughs> so inflammation is the thing now yeah like it, it, it feels like so we only started important. hearing about this in the last few years but yeah. like that it's it's the root of everything yeah yeah it is really the root of everything um i i did this talk i did this tedx talk with, with dcu um if, uh, god it's it's about seven or eight years ago now maybe more and um i talked about the whole relationship between changing food and fats and even if you just look at like when everything starts to be low fat we all remember the Weight Watchers meals that came out and all everything that came out that was low fat and we didn't really understand why it actually tasted so good it was just because they replaced the fat with the sugar (laughs) right and then we had a huge issue with sugar yeah so but all of those and then we had a huge issue with diabetes so all of the changes that we've had in food maps perfectly with the trajectory of chronic disease and I think that a lot of that is because so if you, for example, when we talked about fats a while ago, uh, Brendan, um, saturated fats, which are which are oh, you need saturated fats in your diet, and you yeah. need good saturated fats at a certain level. But saturated fats are actually recognised by the same receptor in your immune system as recognising some of your pathogens when you get an infection. So it actually activates your immune system to inflame because it thinks that something it thinks it's been invaded by a bacteria. So if you constantly eat the wrong foods and you constantly drive inflammation, you actually make yourself predisposed 
to all of these different diseases. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was all right putting a half a pound of butter on a slice of bread because it's natural. And but all in that, moderation, but in, if you're doing it every Sunday I, I, before I can, you come in here, Brendan, I can't do maybe butter that's OK. But I can't if you're doing do it Monday to moderation. Friday. <laughs> yeah, OK, uh, listen, I hate to let an immunologist go without asking about uh, viruses and uh, all that. I think we're all a bit triggered again by yeah. all this RSV yeah, stuff and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any tips to get through the next world unscathed? Yeah, I mean, um, so for me, I think in terms of um, trying to get through the winter, if you're in a high risk group, vaccination is key. Um, and even if you're not in a high risk group, um, but maybe somebody, you know, is in a high risk group, you know, vaccination is key. So, right. you know, flu vaccines are available. Top up um, COVID vaccines are available. The COVID vaccine we have this year is similar to last year. It's a tweaked vaccine. So it's a little bit more relevant to the strain that's around now. Okay. RSV particularly bad at the moment um, in terms of uh, particularly bad in young children. Mm. Um, the, the strain that we have at the moment is really, really bad. And again, the, the, the advice for the moment is, is to minimize a lot of um, a lot of uh, contact for small children at the moment. And that's just because it's particularly bad and it's particularly dangerous strain at the moment. Okay, so, I think by calling it cocooning, yeah, they might have kind of upset yeah, people has come a up bit. But... For very, very small children, like newborn babies and stuff. So okay. I think that it's really important that we take that advice, particularly because it's, okay. it's, it's a really bad strain at the moment. All right. OK, uh, thanks a million. Tin mackerel for breakfast, definite groans for divorce, says Deirdre in Waterford. Oh, really? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I must tell Jason that when I get home. <laughs> Yeah, but you want to keep down his inflammation at the same time. I want to keep his inflammation down and keep him going to 100, yeah. Yeah. Professor Christine Lasher, thank you very much. That was uh, that was brilliant, actually. Invaluable. We're all going off now. Full of good intentions and we take a break. Email brendan at rte.ie.